Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're in John chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. This is in the middle of Jesus' episode with Nicodemus. We talked about born again in yesterday's text, where Jesus made it clear to Nicodemus and us that in order for somebody to enter the kingdom of God, they must be born of water, a natural birth that we've all experienced, and of the Spirit, a spiritual birth that only happens to those on whom the Spirit of God blows and causes them to put their faith in Jesus. Let's pick it up in verse 9. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Now let's just stop right there. I know we're only just a few words in, but what do you think Nicodemus meant when he said, how can these things be? After reading some commentaries and some footnotes, I'm not so convinced that Nicodemus isn't having a hard time grasping the idea that the only way to get into the kingdom of God is by having a spiritual rebirth. Not only that, but the notion that Jesus is implying to Nicodemus that that spiritual rebirth or that entrance into the kingdom of God is not just granted to anybody who's a Jew or anybody who is a leader among the Pharisees. Nicodemus and his Jewish cohorts would have been indoctrinated from the time their birth that because they were sons and daughters of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they had a free ticket into the kingdom of God, provided that they did the right rituals, made the right sacrifices at the right festivals and feasts, worshipped at the temple according to the law, followed the Ten Commandments. But that's all the old covenant. Jesus is ushering a new covenant, and the crux of it is that no birthright or no amount of good works or religious living is enough to save a person, to reconcile them to a holy and perfect God. They're still left one They're still stained with sin. They still fall short of God's perfect standard. Jesus Christ, of course, is the only one who lived a perfect life and achieved that perfect standard. Then he died and rose again, and anybody who puts their faith in Jesus can have the perfection he lived attributed to them. And the penalty he paid for sin on the cross, which they owe before God, can be marked paid on their account because of what he did in their place by faith. When Nicodemus says, how can this be? I think that's what he's referring to. Jesus answered him, are you a teacher? of Israel and yet do not understand these things? In other words, Nicodemus, you're one of the big dogs here. You're the seminary professor. You're the guy who's supposed to have the answers. You and your Pharisee colleagues. But you don't understand these things? At a minimum, if you read the Old Testament and the prophets, you should see that something else is coming beyond what you were indoctrinated with from the Old Covenant. Jesus continues in verse 11, Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. Now, what's interesting in that sentence is Jesus is speaking in plural. We and we and our. Who's he referring to? Who is we? Who is our? Well, different theologians have different ideas about this. One guy says that it's Jesus Christ and John the Baptist who is we, because this is right on the heels of some interaction with John the Baptist in chapter 1. Others think that Jesus means himself and the whole prophetic company. In other words, all the Old Testament prophets. That's who he means when he says we and our. Somebody else suggests that Jesus is referring to himself and the disciples he has already called who are convinced of these things by the time this episode takes place in John. We and our is Jesus and his disciples who understand and proclaim these things. And still, another interpretation is that he's referring to the three persons of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's speaking on behalf of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit when he, God the Son, says what he says in verse 11. Whatever the case may be, Nicodemus and his boys so far have not received the testimony. Verse 12, if I have told 
told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? In other words, I told you this illustration about natural birth and rebirth. I told it to you in terms that you should understand in an earthly way. These are things that we experience on earth, not just the natural birth, but the spiritual rebirth. Jesus uses parables all the time. He teaches in ways that are understandable by earthly beings that they can relate to from their experience on this earth. But Nicodemus, if you can't understand my teaching about earthly things, how can you believe what I tell you about heavenly things? And by the way, verse 13, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. In other words, Nicodemus, it's not like you're going to get this heavenly teaching from anybody else because no one else has been there besides me. Finally, in verse 14, Jesus says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So to tie this all together and make it crystal clear for Nicodemus, how is somebody reborn? How do they experience this spiritual rebirth? They must believe in him, the Son of Man, who will be lifted up. This is the first of three lifted up statements that Jesus uses in the book of John. We'll come to the other two in chapter 8 and chapter 12. And when he makes this lifted up statement, he refers back to an event that took place in Numbers 21 verse 9, when Moses was commanded to craft a bronze serpent and raise it up on a stick so that the Israelites who were being punished for their faithlessness by being bitten by poisonous vipers would be healed of these snake bites. It caused the Israelites to have faith in the solution that God provided. This time it was a bronze serpent on a snake that was lifted up. Similarly, Jesus will be lifted up on a cross and anyone who looks to him, his death and his resurrection through the eyes of faith will be forgiven. They'll be born again. In one sense, Nicodemus is a very brave man, even if coming in the dark of night to question Jesus about these things. In another sense, he's got a long way to go in terms of understanding this new way of operating with his people that God is ushering in through Jesus Christ. By the time it's all said and done, it looks like Nicodemus is going to be one of the guys from the Pharisees who actually puts their faith in Christ, but we're not there yet. Come back for more. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, perfectly consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast airing on stations around the world since 1936 and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.